Ziggadag were like these alien puppets, puppets. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a turkey who went on to represent Ireland in, in the Eurovision. Eurovision. And saying that out loud sounds yeah. insane. Pretty cool play. If you're marching. Or a Hello and welcome to The Retro Rejects. Um, yeah, this week we were talking about 80s metal and we're probably going to have you're going to hear a little maybe the patter of little footsteps throughout the episode because we've got our dog underneath us who's fucking really hyper at the moment he's a puppy and our cat the, the tomb are getting on a little bit better so it's a little bit like fucking stepbrothers at times with the tomb um, so we've hardwood floors which is a little bit over information I suppose it but, is a uh, bit yes, but at least but you, you might hear yeah so we could just like lock him out and kind of like beat him and a but they'll only scream yeah that wouldn't be very yeah. nice so we just have to let them and of course then there's the cat is over at Laura's very expensive Gibson Flying V yes and I'm surprised I'd, if the, the microphone wasn't on she'd be like get the fuck out you might fucking get out uh, there we go yeah, there he's, he's gone. gone there's one of them gone anyway well yeah anyway 80s metal yes exactly yeah that was a bit of a long introduction with yeah. absolutely nothing to do with 80s metal yeah, just to give a bit of background mm. on the 80s metal scene yeah uh, featuring our dog and cat and mm, the other cat who doesn't appear only to snort mm, so I suppose as well to put it in context obviously we're Irish mm-hmm. um, so it's like an Irish take on 80s metal a lot of times when you see stuff about 80s metal it's from the American kind of point of view mm-hmm. where it talk about, about like um, the new wave of British uh, metal invasion and it kind of just touches on it's mostly glam metal mm. um, that are hair metal um, but over here, it wasn't like an invasion of new, the new it way. It was just music. It was just metal. Yeah. Um, that was in it, or some called the hard rock. Mm. I suppose it kind of kickstarted probably the end of the seventies into the eighties with yeah. uh, Motorhead, mm. um, Def Leppard, mm-hmm. uh, who went away after. There's, I don't know if you can get it on YouTube, but if anyone can, there's like the. Uh, for people that are old enough to remember Behind the Music VH1 Behind the Music mm-hmm. uh, The Simpsons had a brilliant episode uh, on it was like Behind the, the Laughter or something like that oh, uh, yeah. taking the piss out of it but um, they did an amazing uh, one about Def Leppard and Def Leppard like they they rose to fucking like international superstar fame in the late 70s and early 80s like and they were massive over in America then um, they when they were going off I think it was was it Hysteria was the one that we kind of would have grown up with, mm. with kind of like Animal and all yeah. that stuff on it uh, before they went to recording that the drummer had a car crash and lost his arm and they were like oh this is the end of the road and I know a lot of bands carry on after stuff like that but I think Def Leppard were really like well if he's fucked yeah. we're exactly you know, he stays in the band and he learns to drum with one arm yeah. and he did well he decided on yeah. it and they were like oh this ain't gonna work so it, but yeah it worked and it, it he was like using um, 
it's what it was electronic drums at the time mm. and it uh it gave a very distinctive sound i think to that album but that was massive but yeah def leppard were just a fucking massive band but behind the music on def leppard is great because they have a lot of footage from around that time and the drummer talking about his rehab and his thought process of getting to mm. where it is and like i mean for a one-armed drummer it's pretty funny yeah, I, I can't it tell is. when I've got two hours yeah, it's amazing like when you when you listen to it like I mean it's I don't know I can't hear any different mm. you know I don't listen to it I kind of go God you're missing a beat there arm, yeah, yeah exactly. missing an arm there yeah um no, but yeah, so obviously it's obviously just speaks to his skill and his, you know, sort of determination, I suppose. Yeah, but over here, the Def Leppard were fucking. Yeah, I they're know they're massive, but yeah. like they were. Well, that was a big difference between the eighties, I think, mm. and the nineties even so much. Like even like the Limp Bizkit was getting into the charts in the nineties, and people were like, "Oh, it's not metal," and it's like it was fucking heavier than a lot of stuff. People, it was heavier than Britney Spears. Yeah, or Bewitched or whatever. Yeah, just at the time. Yeah, I don't. I think people shit on Limp Bizkit a little bit too much because of the kind because of Fred Durst. Fred Durst would say that he was playing a character, but he's mm. not. He was an asshole. Like mm. I mean, he got massive. Went from being like a fucking uh, a tattoo like, artist, wasn't he? Or yeah, actually? but I, I I don't think he was like a studio tattoo artist. Yeah. I think he was just like you know doing it out of his house and stuff mm-hmm. you know because even like Corn, that was how he got they got like signed yeah. was they he did free tattoos on Corn after a show and they were like the worst tattoos ever like Corn <laughs> or so, you know yeah. and so like, he, maybe you should try music instead yeah, of tattoos they listened to the Limp Bizkit's demo and Limp Bizkit like the first album is fucking heavy like they were a metal band um, we're not talking about Limp Bizkit though we're talking about the 80s uh, yeah but, uh, yeah, but mm. I'm just we're I'm just... talking about them alright alright <laughs> Fair enough yeah. then. All right. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah. Well, I suppose uh, to paint a picture of Ireland in the eighties, though it was like I mean, people going around Limp Bizkit t-shirts. <laughs> yes, ahead of their time and all uh, But no, it just it seemed to be a slightly different culture in Ireland in so far as like it was just it was that was music if you know what I mean. It wasn't like an alternative scene per se. No, really, like I mean, Van Halen were in the charts. Def Leppard were in the charts. Oh, like there was a, you know? a TV show that was for kids called The Den. Hmm. Um, which used to had, play cartoons basically yeah. have a presenter in between just like you know kind well, of it's what there was Zig and Zag were two of the presenters uh, with a human Zig and Zag were like these alien puppets, puppets. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a turkey who went on to represent Ireland in, in the Eurovision and saying that out loud sounds yeah. insane yeah. and then there was Podge and Rog which yeah. was like an evil t- uh, he started off as an evil, evil postman I think yeah and then he just... well, no he was at first remember he was just a, a doll that was mm-hmm. left there um, and then he started so coming to life, life at the end terrorising the human presenter yeah, yeah and then he became a postman and mm. they were like oh it's postman Pat and they didn't think it was Podge and then it was like oh my god it's Podge in disguise yeah. and then they had Socky the sock monster yeah Socky wasn't so no, popular he was, he was for the younger kids yeah exactly but um, on that they used to play regularly play mm. I think that was probably the first time I heard Fate No More yeah because like Epic by Fate No More was massive in Ireland and mm-hmm. it was like I, at least once a week I think it was played right but like ACDC were always really oh big God. in Ireland that's actually that's something it's not an Irish wedding unless ACDC Guns and Roses and Metallica are played um, probably in quick succession as well because you'll get all the dads to be out with their ties off and wrapped around their head like you know sort of oh you've been thunderstruck mm. and same as well like the national anthem is like Enter Sandman mm. or like you know well, I bought that the Razor's Edge um, on cassette tape when I was on school tour mm. when it was just after coming out Jesus what age are you? 
I don't know. Mm. You don't? 10 maybe? Yeah. Mm. 12? No, maybe 10 or I don't mm. know, around that. But yeah. But yeah, that's the thing. And we, there used to be like a music show in Ireland on like, again, on to paint a picture. Yeah. Ireland had like um one national TV station for like many years and then it went up to two and everyone's like hysterical. And mm. like, oh my God, I've got two TV channels. That's fantastic. Whereas like America had like 64 or whatever the hell at that stage, you know, Dire Straits, six more channels. I knew the night. But this show was like it was like Top of the Pops for Ireland basically mm. but like everyone in Ireland would have tuned in on a Sunday morning to watch the beatbox and the beatbox did sort of skew looking back on it now there was well, an so awful lot of heavy rock hard rock very little pop mm. on it yeah um, really like and they gave a lot of airplay as well to indie, Irish indie bands as well yeah. you know which I think was quite good as well you know I think it might have been the first time I heard Sonic Youth as well oh, might have really? been on that because yeah. there used to be a show as well I think it was in the 90s no disco yeah uh, it was on, late night Friday night yeah. I think yeah or Thursday night um, where yeah they had a lot of alternative music mm. on it not metal though the yeah but it just alternative just, yeah. yeah so it was at the time what was really big was the uh, um, fucking why can't I think of it though with the, the like the jazz master and the my bloody, oh, my Valentine. bloody Valentine yeah shoegaze yeah um well, oh, an yeah. Irish band as well. That's exactly. And that there's a dog out after the cat now. Um, so expect to hear lots of thundering around and then little pitter patter kind of like paws coming yeah, back claws, in again. Yeah, exactly. But, but anyway, ignore that. Yeah, but yeah, like, like top of the pops hmm. for a lot of people who might know, and even people that are from that might remember top of the pops. It was like chart show mm. where they count down from thirty to number one, and yeah. everyone would be hanging on. Like mm. the DJ present, there's a crowd in the background. They'd have a couple of live bands playing. They play a few videos of like. Mm. And it's like you'd wait with bated breath every week. What's going to be number one? Mm. A lot of the time it was Iron Maiden. Mm. That was what it's going to get to with the, the, the new wave of British heavy metal. Mm. Um, which was like, say, the first wave of British heavy metal didn't even really think of themselves as being heavy metal. Like, say, Deep Purple, uh, Black Sabbath. Mm. Even Black Sabbath referred to themselves as hard rock mm. a lot of the time. Um, so, dang, I think. Uh, for me, Motorhead was mm. the beginning of heavy metal, really. Yeah. Like, I mean, say Black Sabbath, technically, I sp- mm. you know, kind of for metal, but Motorhead and that mixture of mm. punk kind of speed, and aggression kind of and metal, that yeah. loudness mm. and that kind of dirtiness. Like, I mean, fucking Black... Like, a lot of people don't realise, I think, how big Black Sabbath were, mm. that they were playing, like, very quickly into their career, like these big open arenas. Mm. They were, like, they were fucking Maybe local massive, superstars. Like, in the States, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean... For, like, a couple of lads from the north of England, you know? Yeah, they were fucking absolutely massive. Like, mm. it wasn't... When people think back, I think, because they have this kind of view of metal, mm. it's people that weren't there, like, we weren't there, but, mm. like, have seen kind of, like, you know, footage and, like, you know, interviews. Like, they were one of the biggest bands in the, the whole mm. world um, in their prime. Yeah. Uh, with, well, prime for the set, you know, they had different mm. phases. But uh, it, it's just fucking mental. But like Van Halen weren't that big over here. I think Van Halen were big. Well, yeah, but I mean, they like weren't. again, they had the couple of they had the couple of hits, like you know, Jump and stuff. Yeah, it like was that. with Jump that yeah. album. But like I mean, say the the album before that, you know, that would have been really big over. And um, I can't think. I think the first Van Halen, Van mm. Halen one, I think it was. That was like massive. Or mm. I don't think. Because people, you wouldn't talk to all the people over here. It's saying when they think of Van Halen was jump, and that yeah. was because it was played nonstop yeah. by the den. Exactly again, yeah. on kids shows. Exactly yeah. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, but um, yeah, but that's I suppose sort of um, 
that was the scene, I suppose, in Ireland, especially at the time. It was like, you know, sort of you would have Van Halen on the kids' shows. You'd have all of this kind of mm. stuff. And right. he'd have, as I said, Motorhead, like Motorhead are still considered a big right. band and all the rest. But, um, yeah, just sort of cracking off the start of the 80s. like Yeah, with the Iron Maiden, I think, were yeah. the biggest for the, the predom- predominantly they were really big when about just, this is just something anecdotally again when was like Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter when was that out because I, I can that, remember singing that that game. would have been the end of the 80s I suppose yeah. or going into the early 90s that but that kind was of like a big song in primary school people would be running around singing and they wouldn't have a clue of like Iron Maiden yeah yeah like I mean, that was and the video was kind of shit well a lot of Maiden's videos mm. were shit oh, um, like Holy Smoke anyone ever where it's basically a bunch of priests smoking and smoke coming out of their yellow teeth you know where you kind of go like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. could do a bit better like you, you're very literal there you're, yeah. you're fucking one of the biggest bands in the world <laughs> at the mm-hmm. time but like I mean like what people loved Maiden because it was they had that dark image but it was like nearly hammer horror film yeah exactly Um, stuff where people weren't like oh my god they're Satanists they're in me with the devil yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas kind of like with Slayer people were Or like, someone like Venom or someone like that. Yeah, like, people oh were like, God. yeah. But then you'd see him live and you kind of go, is he going to recede in here? Like? <laughs> is he, I'm that's sure Kronos isn't these. <laughs> I'm sure what was it in like Kronos, Mantis, something and Steve. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but that's I suppose again like they're, they would have been sort of I suppose kind of the progenitors of like Black metal, I suppose, and you know, sort of cross crossover venom and trash, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, God, yeah, venom. I said venom were fucking mm. highly. Like, I mean, they had a whole album called Black Metal, like you know. Yeah. But I think it was they were they were more speed metal, and I kind of that's where kind of between them and Motorhead probably sparked off the whole thrash movement, mm. I suppose. But like, I mean, that's I didn't really hear venom for years. Mm. They were, you know, there was like that on there was an underground metal scene mm. kind of going. Um, I think when trash metal would have come around. It was very much... It, I think it took a while for it to get over to this side of the water. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Metallica seemed to be... This is the weird thing with Metallica, though. Metallica just seemed to have always been big. Mm. Um, and I think it might have been, like, the merchandise for Metallica hit or And Slayer definitely yeah. hit Ireland before the music. Well, that's the thing. Really I mean, if you go like, into any... Any young fella's wardrobe in the whole of Ireland, you will find probably a Metallica and a Slayer t-shirt somewhere mm. at the back. And like you, you could be walking up the side of a mountain out in the middle of nowhere and there's some shepherd like minding their flock of sheep and he's mm. got like a Slayer t-shirt on. That, that was the thing though. Like yeah. Slayer for a long time in Ireland was really associated with, like you'd see someone wearing a Slayer t-shirt and you go, oh, they're from the fucking middle of the country. Like, the country, yeah. It's really yeah. Like, yeah, there's a phenomenon in Ireland called the Culchy, which is basically mm. anyone that's not from a town. They're kind of country boys or whatever and out driving tractors. Probably and, Farmers, yeah. yeah exactly so uh, but it just seemed to be huge like I mean if you're a fan of Metallica like even when he said to you the other day I was like oh there's somebody in work likes Metallica and like oh is he culture and I was like yeah of course he is <laughs> <laughs> why would you not think like otherwise you know but that was I and like I mean I would have been I, I suppose you were on the borderline between culture and town yeah and it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been suburbs it was well before the suburbs existed yeah. in but you would have been a village like, beside a big city yeah well, I say big big for Ireland yeah see the Ireland's mentality as well is say you have to be in a place for a couple of generations before they consider you local otherwise yeah. you're blowing yeah, yeah. and I, I, I think people get this wrong that are a different uh, say nationalities in Ireland mm. when someone in Ireland might say to him where are you from 
Hmm. Because like people in Ireland, they just ask that to fucking everyone. Yeah. Where it's not like, a, oh, what country are you yeah, from? It's where, not yeah, kind yeah. of a racism thing. It's like, oh, where are you from? Because then they start going, oh, I think I know your grandmother. Yeah. Your aunt is related to my aunt. And it's this whole tree. Because Ireland thing. is so small. Yeah. People yeah. are obsessed with it. Like, I mean, even the, the whole thing, it would be like, say, I'm living it, not in the, the county that I'm originally from, hmm. but I'm I would never be considered to be like from this county. No, I'll no always be considered to be like to. from water kind yeah. of a thing people will always be like oh he's from Waterford yeah oh he moved across the bridge he yeah. he's not really from here it's like you've been living here like donkeys yeah and if we had kids hmm. they would be it'd be kind they're of like, like they're foreigners yeah it would be like there would be kind of a thing Asher <laughs> yeah. they're from Waterford but that's where we grew up because my father would have been from the town mm. and my mother would have been kind of from the town as well even though they were it. out in the country for fucking 40 50, 50 fucking yeah. years um, in the same county they were considered townies yeah like with it um, so I suppose we would have had that towny attitude mm-hmm. where it was like I don't know it was like into more modern <laughs> or into modern like back in the ages like Slayer and Metallica oh I know yeah modern, but I actually listened to Slayer know, yeah. that was the, that was yeah. the difference yeah you weren't just wearing the merch yeah no it was where it was I had like rain and blood um, on tape where it's like if you went to someone that was from like fucking Mooncoin I had a Slayer t-shirt it's like the Kardashians mm. where you'd be like name two songs and they'd be like Oh, Slayer. <laughs> well, in fairness, though, I mean, like, it is, it, that's probably the difference between the country and the town as well. Like, I grew up in the country. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of metal back in the 80s mm. now, I have to say, at all. But you go to, a, like, a local disco or something like that, and the end of the night, you'd have, Ireland always had this weird tradition of playing out the, the national, national anthem, anthem at the yeah. end of a disco, so you'd stand up and listen to a raw and a vein. But the second national anthem was always, like, Enter Sandman or something like that. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. you'd have, or it'd be Thunderstruck or something, but, yeah. like, you'd have kids that'd be out and they're bopping away to, like, whatever poppy chart shit is going mm. on. Then all of a sudden you have just a couple of Metallica songs and the crowd goes wild. And and everyone's out on the dance floor fucking pogoing away like and it's just it's just that Guns N' Roses Bon Jovi like I mean oh my god but now I don't class Bon Jovi as metal but it was just if you're from the, I actually made a stand by not liking Bon Jovi being from the country everyone everyone in my local town went to Bon Jovi, like bon Jovi when he played in Ireland and I was like no I won't well that was the same Bon Jovi was considered rock yeah. and after Brian but I, I it's like we were looking at um, Sam Dunn's Metal Evolution again. Oh. We've seen it a load of times, but for some yeah, reason, looking at the glam metal one, I was like, I don't think we've seen a lot of this before. <laughs> um, and I was surprised, like Bon Jovi, like Twisted Sister wasn't in on, mm. and Bon Jovi wasn't mentioned as well when they were like in the eighties, early Pantera. Yeah, for as much well, as they tried sure to distance themselves. Like, yeah. um, but it's like. Bon Jovi were massive in the 80s oh, like I mean, in 90s as yeah, well I could probably not turn around 2000s. Yeah, in school at any stage without somebody going oh my god Bon Jovi's fucking amazing and I was like mm. oh my god no he's not Jesus I Christ. love Bon Jovi mm. in the 80s then when I got a teenager I'd take the piss out of people that like Bon Jovi yeah. even though I'd be like I secretly like Bon That's Jovi all, that so. was it I secretly was like god, <clears> these <throat> songs are cool but at the same point I thought Bon Jovi was pretty cool yeah, well no yeah. was some of the songs you'd listen to and you just can't help like singing along because yeah. they're so stupidly anthemic but like people are like oh do you like Bon Jovi no that's well, for losers so they worked their way up from being a small mm. but now kind of when you look back on like the history of Bon Jovi they had like connections to like mm. the Sinatras and you know all these different people but still but if the songs were shit that was I think mm. the thing in the 80s as well didn't matter how much fucking money yeah or how much had pull or clout you had yeah. yeah if songs were shit people just go ah, fuck off yeah they, they, you weren't going mm. to be sticking around and like Bon Jovi is 
still, still going, going yeah. I, I think I haven't mm. heard because we don't really follow kind of mm. newer music but if you release an album in the morning I think I'd, I'd definitely give it a listen to listen, anyway just yeah, to see what kind of deal but Bon Jovi was fucking absolutely massive in Ireland that, like, was, that was a proper culture marker if you were like a fan of Bon Jovi yeah. well like Living that. on a Prayer still mm. played every wedding as again, well again yes exactly it's, it's yeah. not an Irish wedding unless you have certain songs mm. and it's like if you ever go to a wedding they don't play it's just like well they didn't they technically didn't get married then mm. <laughs> but like it, it's it's but like fucking um Twisted Sister were massive mm. in Ireland as well. Like I mean, you got the big ones like I Want to Rock and mm. I'm Not Your Dad. But I think the first song of Twisted Sister I ever heard was their cover of the Leader of the Pack. Oh God! Or one yeah. of them that did maybe it was Cinderella. I think it was uh, uh. Um, I couldn't be bothered looking it up because. You're just too lazy. Yeah, to too do it. lazy. Hot for teacher was Van Halen. Van Halen, yeah, that was uh, another big one back in the eighties. Yeah, big one back in the eighties. Mm. Yeah, so that's like I mean, again, that was like I mean, I as a small child, say in primary school and all that, I didn't necessarily follow bands or anything like that. But there were some songs that you just knew inside mm. out because of this whole thing of their constant airplay, constant video play, con- like even before like MTV was a thing, constant radio play, and mm. all. you just couldn't get away from it. But like I mean, the thing is, what well, you'd have the critics of all that kind of music, mm. and when you hear people talking about glam metal in the eighties or hair metal, really was known mm. as over here, um, because glam was kind of associated, I suppose, with, with like disco, the, yeah, with David. Bowie yeah. and yeah. Um, Mark Bowen and T Rex, yeah. uh, that that kind of era rock. Yeah, uh, that was more. That was what we would consider glam over this side of the Atlantic. Yeah, um, yeah. But like with hair metal, it was like there was still like had the hits like Poison had mm. a few hits over here. Um, Motley Crue, not so much so. Yeah. I don't really remember. I think it was like a teenager when I kind of mm. actually heard of Motley Crue. And it would have been when they had like the girls, girls, girls stuff mm. out. Probably in, I think that was 90s. That's the uh, thing. I mean, stuff like Rat and all the rest wasn't never super heard huge them, yeah. over here. Like, Only yeah. heard of those on Rock Band, I think, yeah. wasn't it? That was it, yeah. Um, yeah, the Dokken, it was mm. uh, like we're talking about on the Nightmare Down Street episode that we did. Mm. That was the first time I heard of those. And then when you find out that they were like massive over in the city and they were like, like just oh massive. Yeah. you're like never they were never really and the thing was like um, in Ireland as well like Laura was saying that there was only like the two television channels there was mm. only like the two radio channels yeah, well. yeah it was actually yeah. Yeah. Um, so like there was a metal show on Sunday nights mm. but was it John Kenny still John back Kenny, then yeah. Jesus Christ he's gone a long time yeah um, and you know there wasn't it was like whatever they were playing and yeah, like it was, it was the like, same oh crowd. I guess he's playing Napalm Day, yeah. so we listened to Napalm but it was already and you had your local radios but local radio stations just kind of play the same stuff and, and it, it was a lot of it was old music I was just going to say yeah. it's catering to an older audience that tuned into the local station so it was always kind of like country or like show bands or yeah. like middle of the road sort of stuff uh, mm. dad rock kind of a thing but of course I know dad rock is probably what we're listening to now because yeah. we're so old at this stage but it was like 50s and 60s mm. kind of stuff but it was hard to be kind of like exposed to stuff mm. on that. like I mean I suppose my first when I started getting it it was like getting like some metal hammer mm. um, a magazine and Kerrang and I think it was Raw Power was another one mm. it was a metal one and the odd time they do tapes yeah. uh, with it and you tear give away yeah. a couple of singles yeah and I think the first kind of 
like what would have been considered a metal band or trash band at the time I don't know even if they'd be considered with Armoured Saint mm. singer John Bush ended up singing with Anthrax but I loved those when I was a kid but that was only based on here and that, mm. you know single those like and it was just with Slayer it was like it was a friend gave me a Slayer well sold me a Slayer tape sold <laughs> um, like it was Rain and Blood because mm. they got and they were scared of it or something you know right. and they were like oh I can't and I was like oh and then I was listening to getting nightmares <laughs> I was going to sleep but you know it was like they were and just actually to touch on that as well your friend getting it and then ended up being scared of it that was a big thing as well how people actually discovered music in the 80s like you didn't have any like insight into like bands you go in and you go into a record store and you'd be like oh it's on the cover that cover yeah. looks cool I will buy that mm. and then you go home and like oh my god this is brilliant or this is shit but I'm after spending like £10 on it so I have to listen to it for the next yeah. six months and like that would have happened a lot I can remember mm. going into the USB second hand re- uh, record shop in Waterford that locally. store was kind of responsible for a lot of people getting into I kind so, of yeah. metal as well metal yeah. and indie so because you just go in you'd, there'd be a load of like second hand singles or bootleg tapes and you'd be mm. like fuck it it's like two quid but they were it. very hard to get because mm. like the records stores that were around they weren't like specialist record stores Mm. because they were just record stores Mm. so um and like record sales even though they were doing all right like i mean they started diversifying at that stage and Mm. splitting off doing vhs from vhs you could buy them and so Mm. but and like i mean tapes is what like i mean that's what the reason why you hear people if you you weren't from around that when people are talking about tape trading Mm. That was for a lot of people how you, you got it. So music, you fucking yeah. kind of like you people that advertise or some people that have their names and stuff like that in the back of a metal magazine. Mm. There was, I think it was Terrorizer was the one that mm. there was like I got it, but that would have been into the nineties with say some black metal tapes that I got from the original kind of well the second wave of black metal yeah. uh, stuff and some death metal kind of things and as well from a friend's older brother. But that's how you found those things because yeah. they weren't selling them in fucking right not in Ireland yeah anyway. not in the likes of say Golden Disc or whatever that yeah. the standard sort of like middle of the road uh, sort of record store yeah. and like I mean they they started probably in the 90s there was one store that opened up and started getting but they were like imported metal kind mm. of things I remember getting Cathedral and even a Ozzy Osbourne record was mm. seen as this an BPM. import yeah yeah um it was like it was, I think it was it was the album with no more tears on, mm. um, but that was like an import mm. and it was probably more expensive. Than oh gosh, <laughs> yeah. And I remember as well, you used to have to order stuff up specifically as well. You like you go mm. in, you kind of like do you have this, and they're like, no. And yeah. It's like, will you get it in for me, please? Yeah, when it'll be in, I don't know. Check back in the yeah, next six months. Yeah, could be. We have to get in from America. Yeah, um, but like I mean, going into the nineties now it got different, but still with that it was an underground, but or not an underground. It could mm. have been like someone like Helmet could never get a Helmet record yeah. fucking anywhere in the nineties. Mm. Or even Nine just, Inch Nails, like I mean, Nine Inch Nails, you had to order order stuff in, like for Nine yeah. Inch Nails, yeah. Sure, that's when I came across um, Nine Inch Nails, a downward spiral. It was in, like, say, would it be it, Golden Discs was like big commercial kind of, yeah, middle um, of the road kind of, yeah, yeah and, a chain kind of, like, mm, of records. And they normally have stuff like fucking Kenny Rogers or kind of like Daniel yeah. O'Donnell was this guy that was massive in Ireland and stuff. So it'd be all that kind of crap. Mm. I remember seeing it in there and I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> doing yeah, here? how did this get um, in here? And buying it, and that was I hadn't heard. Um, or heard that album mm. um, anywhere because you didn't have MTV yeah. over here that's like it, it yeah. you actually got MTV way sooner than that I did because you, you were in the town and I was in the yeah. I didn't get MTV till I left for college well, at that like been, 18 yeah. but that would have been ridiculous. all in the 90s and the 80s yeah. it was like we were saying it was the beatbox RTE yeah um, and RTE radio yeah. so like you were very limited but I think maybe 
there wasn't as big an underground metal scene. It wasn't mm. kind of like after coming to the surface. Yeah. Uh, really, with it. or maybe record people didn't realize how big it was. Whereas, like over in America, it was like people appreciated mm. how big a scene it was, like because they saw it from people going to attending well, concerts and things. That's what I was going to say, and it is like I mean, if you ever watch any like metal documentaries, say just going to either the Lamb or the Trash side, they all kind of you know spanned out with like Sunset Boulevard for like the Lamb side. So if you're around there, you're exposed directly to all these bands as it mm. happened. And the same with Trash, like if you grew up sort of around those areas where like you're, you know, the Whiskey Go Go or the Troubadour or any mm. of those kind of places, Ruthies, all of these kind of like famous kind of like bars and like you know halls at the mm. time that's where you actually got to see it and you're right in the epicenter of all of this whereas as, over here how the, how the hell do you get mm, to hear that like this it seemed to be that there was like a community over there as well mm. people that were travelling around things that were doing the tape trading as well yeah so that's how people are like oh this is Metallica fucking give mm. the tape and then like before you know it, the tape is all over the place and mm. so far that wasn't really a thing and it was really only true kind of like you know yeah, so and, people and that the population you were getting... in Ireland is just so small as well there weren't that mm. many people involved in it either yeah. as well actually that's how I got Sepultura I forgot that kind of like mm. with it. Um, and I think that was in the 80s with Sepultura um uh, the cash says yes it was yes, the 80s agreeing, yes. um, with it. but like I mean I, like what we were saying with the t-shirts it was a thing for some reason the merchandise mm. hit the country whereas like the actual the music itself was yeah. to follow a little bit because I had a load of Megadeth posters and yeah. Sepultura posters when I was a kid I loved Rattlesnake Vic or whatever yeah. his fucking name was uh, the fake po- Rattlehead fake Rattlehead yeah and um it was, I don't know, there was just something, because like, that was a big thing over here as well. Like, I mean, Iron Maiden had Eddie. Mm. So it seemed to be for a metal band. Yeah, yeah, they needed they a, mascot, a mascot, yeah. Do well. um, and like, anytime, well, not anytime, but sometimes when Eddie was on top of the pops, or when Iron Maiden were on top of the pops, like, Eddie <laughs> yeah. would make an appearance. Yeah. I'd be waiting um, to see it like yeah. mm. but that was the thing is I so merch probably did like I mean people are like oh this band is after selling out well, you know they'd be talking about Kiss like mm. oh they put their name and everything that's how you get known as well because yeah. I mean like we had this place called the Apple Mart I'm sure loads of places have their own little version of this where it's like a flea market now, now, well, now it would be a fucking kind of like a farmer's market it'd yeah be it'd be very better. posh yeah. but back in the day it was like selling like I don't know kind of knockdown price kind of like sweets and stuff like that yeah it was boot like t-shirts yeah but that was what I was getting it was boot like you know, there were other few bits and pieces like cheap jewellery and stuff like that but it was all boot like boot like jackets or remember that the yeah. naff jackets we used to yeah wearing, I like yeah. the fucking the logo would like wash off in the radio yeah. or something like that but that was how I ended up getting a lot of my first t-shirts of like you know you start going around and go Jesus that's a cool t-shirt I'll buy that and they're like mm. well, I'm going to wear the t-shirt I better fucking listen to the band or mm. I better watch the film or whatever like, but that's know? the thing when people mm. are giving out about someone like the Kardashians or kind mm. of like you know whatever kind of pop star playing or wearing a t-shirt well, at least they're bringing shirt. a bit of uh, it's like it's yeah. fucking giving um, exposure yeah. yeah and awareness to the whole thing it's yeah. actually quite good who fucking cares if they're after listening mm. they're still supporting the band it, like, who it. cares if I they're after listening a piece like, of merch yeah. like how bad yeah. and I know it probably infuriates some people like oh gatekeeping I can't listen to, you know you can't wear a t-shirt mm. unless you're like a big fan of the band it's like if you're a fan of the band don't you want to see him doing well exactly you're yeah. just like brilliant you smile at the fact that somebody's walking yeah. wearing a t-shirt of a band you like even if they just think it's like a brand name rather than a mm. band name see, I think like. that was a great thing about the 80s with mm. metal as well with, and with say when trash metal started break, definitely or people like I mean you're always going to have people that were like oh we don't want because mm. like sure there was always that thing about punk and long hairs and you know yeah. fighting each other and all that shit but like I mean it's there still was well over here anyway there was that collective kind of thing where it was like everyone was into mm. 
like you know I think yeah. then when people when death metal started coming out I think people started getting yeah, a bit like oh, God, like, that's oh a bit, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's the thing if you like I mean most people like in Ireland like Metallica played a gig in Slane and I think most of Ireland showed up to it yeah, it is, yeah. and it's the thing that it's not seen as like metal and some other subgenre it's just like oh yeah it's just like oh, Metallica, uh, Metallica have always you know. been like mm. w- once they kind of took off or once they got known over here mm. they got fucking massive yeah. like it's people there, there's just something about Metallica like I think Hetfield has some Irish ancestry in him doesn't mm, he possibly some Irish um, connection but he looks Irish <laughs> <laughs> oh you so mean I, the alcoholism and stuff yeah maybe, and yeah. The, the handlebar moustache as well yes, the, yes. I, I think there was something about him that probably resonated with a lot of Irish people I think there's something about Metallica with trash metal yeah like when trash trash metal like I mean say we, we just kind of covered like hair metal and then mm. we get into trash but yeah every young fella in the 80s basically in Ireland had like if you were not say um, into dance or something mm. like that at that stage or into pop you had long hair and you had like a beard or whatever mm. and you just look fucking scuzzy yeah. and like there you go there's the look like you know mm. But kind of like yeah, I was going to say we talk about hair metal for a bit, but there's not really much to talk about it over here. It was like it was the kind of the songs that get into the top of the chart, like fucking Mister Big to be mm. with you, and so the ballads that always do well. Yeah, um, or the fun stuff as well, like you know, sort of come on, feel the noise or whatever, like you yeah. Know? But it's you know, like we were saying, the like Maiden had outsell them a oh, yeah. million times. So yeah. well, you know, whenever Maiden song would come out, but other Maiden and ACDC, I can't. Motorhead were but mm. if Motorhead were really weird kind of like over this side of the world because everyone knew Motorhead and Motorhead were well liked and there was like the Ace of Spades would mm. pop up on adverts on everything yeah everything yeah, yeah. and there, there was like chocolate bars aimed at kids and it'd yeah. be like the Ace of Spades and all <laughs> played yeah. but so you kind of grew up just knowing a lot about these different bands mm. But never really thinking that they were like, oh, metal. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so, it, was just like, know, it was just music, like, yeah. That's it. Um, with about trash, I suppose, with like proper metal, kind of when it did start breaking, when it did start coming, Metallica were probably one of the first. Mm. Um, with stuff like you won't read like this is like Laura's a massive Metallica fan but she's only really been into Metallica for last five years or so before that yeah. like obviously I was aware of him and obviously mm. I listened to him and all the rest but we went to see him live there god I can't even remember how long ago though uh, a ghost was supporting mm. him and I was like yeah I'll go and see Metallica sure Jesus take it off the bucket list before we mm. die go and see Metallica and I was like Jesus Christ they're fucking fab live and kind of sunk straight back into him and got me back into guitar playing and stuff mm. like that as well but um, yeah the, that's the thing like like, I mean, I have, there's cousins of mine that are like be big Metallica fans, but equally they'd like Taylor Swift or, you know what I mean? Mm. It's just Metallica is just something that every Irish person seems to have to like. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's just, they're just there in the background and you just, you're aware of them. They're in your life. And if they come to Ireland, every Irish person is like, yeah, sure, we'll go and see them. They're fucking mm. brilliant. Megadeth as well. Mm. Like a lot of people, Megadeth. Guaranteed, there wouldn't be a household name, but they'd be. No, they'd have their cash, all right, I suppose, or the cachet, or how mm. you pronounce that particular word, but they're a little bit more elitist, I suppose, if you're wearing yeah. a Megadeth t shirt. I think a certain subgenre. That was like people like, that were really into yeah, kind of like a trash. Guitar yeah. and stuff like that. It would have yeah. been like you'd see like proper people, that, if you, not the bootleg Slayer kind of mm. t shirts, Megadeth t shirts, Sepultura t shirts. Um, anthrax not so much anthrax never seemed to really 
But funnily enough, if they'd sell well. out an Ireland lift like yeah. they were playing in Ireland, they'd sell out. But you'd never really see. But that was a lot of I actually t-shirts. put two and two together there a while back. I had this this terrible. Nobody would probably know what I'm talking about, but they're called boglins. There are these little oh, yeah, tiny, yeah, yeah. weird little like uh, plastic, rubbery faces that you could stick mm. your finger into the back of, and you can manipulate it to make different faces. <laughs> I had this boggling like when I was a very small child and I was like I loved it and all the rest and then like I just suddenly put two and two together like a couple of years later I was like that's the fucking mascot that Antrax always used and I was like it was in a pound shop Antrax in Ireland a mascot? you know that fucking that face of the moustache no, I, I'll, I'll, I'll show I didn't you, know Anthrax had a mascot. They didn't, not necessarily a mascot, but it was like a face off an album that they had out. I can't even remember the fucking name of the album, but I remember looking and going, "I had a boggling of that when oh. I was four. How did that fucking happen?" Like, mm. and I wasn't aware of it at all, but it was just in a pound shop or something like that. Mm. It was just like here is an Anthrax fucking toy, and it's like, what the hell? How is this? Yeah. And it was just so like. I don't know, ingrained into normal society such it wasn't seen as this like strange thing to have. It's like, oh yeah, this Antrax thing is kind of cool. Here's a toy for kids. Like, yeah. You know? yeah. Do you know who were actually big and I can't remember if it would have been late 80s. So there's people like there's a guy called Alan Averill for people mm. who aren't familiar. He's a singer with a band called Primordial and he's got, um, he's in another couple of bands as well. Mm. Um, he... <clears throat> I think he's probably Irish heavy metal royalty kind of a thing. Yeah. He wouldn't say that yeah. about himself. Um, he definitely wouldn't say that no. about himself. And but he's not super well known either as well, but <sighs> he knows everyone in metal and such. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's like primordial or a big band. It's mm. the same thing that happens to a lot of bands in Ireland. They're probably bigger abroad than they yeah. fucking are in Irish Ireland. Irish people don't support yeah. yeah, Like the primordial, they're fucking, they're a fantastic band. Mm. I, I, I think he doesn't get a lot of recognition or kind of the recognition he deserves mm. for how he sings um, which, because I, I think a lot of this sounds like Bruce Dickinson on some yeah, stuff but do, maybe yeah. a bit better there's a bit mm. more of a kind of an edge to him mm-hmm. um, but he can do real guttural kind of stuff as well mm. uh, like Vermin a Serpent the new band that he has out with a couple of other lads from Ireland um, it's kind of black metal yeah. um, album really and it's, it's fucking amazing but he talks a lot he'd be just that little bit older than us mm. and he would have been um, Dublin way yeah. where there would have been a metal scene up there uh, like a very very small metal scene I suppose but he talks about like some of the earlier gigs going mm. to him and seeing bands like Anthrax and Metallica when they were like smaller and stuff but that seemed to have been mm. very popular with that lot yeah um, whereas I didn't I, well actually I, did, I think I was 12 and I bought a debt album or maybe I was 13 I think it was that leprosy album oh yeah and it was from that second hand store mm. and I got home and I used to have a thing or a bit of a germaphobe and I wouldn't touch it because I was like I don't know who had this before <laughs> <laughs> Why did you I don't know it what then? it was with, with that with that album in particular with the cover of yeah, it yeah the cover is like, particularly gross yeah I was just like it? I can't touch it yeah. and it just sat there and I never really listened to it mm. um, but it was like I mean for that to appear yeah, but there was something about Dead that or Autopsy mm. as well fucking Autopsy this is where we're, now this is the end of the 80s mm. and early 90s and stuff um where it's like, well, I suppose we'd be remiss kind of for skipping over kind of like one of the biggest 80 metal bands who are now would be a hard rock band, Guns N' Roses. Mm. Guns N' Roses fucking blew up in Ireland. Oh, then Guaranteed it's it blew like up everywhere, but... Culture crack, basically. Yeah. yeah, fucking hell. The, like Paradise City. Well, the first uh, song was Welcome to the Jungle mm. that was released. 
Oh, I remember it was like the first CD player that my older brother got. Um, that well, first hi fi with a CD player he got. Uh, Bon Jovi's. It wasn't slippery when wet. It was the one after that had like bad medicine on it and all right. that. Yeah. Um, and at the same the same day he got Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction, mm. and. Or you'd be listening to you know you'd be like fucking constantly listening and as well with the the inlay for appetite destruction it was a bit naughty <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, it was you know as like a kid you were kind of like oh I shouldn't be really looking and then kind of like when you get older you kind of go you really shouldn't be looking at it because <laughs> it's like a fucking robot after raping and killing a woman um, <laughs> but um it's like Guns N' Roses seemed real and they had that kind of the attitude and there was like songs with fucking and mm. shit, you know and it was like oh my god whereas like the 80s even though it wasn't it was puritanical I suppose really like I mean you had the video nasties fucking kind of things well, I suppose yeah you had Thatcher and you had Reagan you had that whole yeah. culture thing as well but mm. you equally had like the kind of the greed is good kind of thing as yeah. well, or as well but like indulgence for music coming out yeah. where it was like the Backstreet but not the Backstreet Boys um but fucking you know there was a lot of pure pop stars and mm. even what, Tiffany and stuff yeah, yeah rock even like hair metal they mm. like they were fucking like going around riding anything with fucking legs and I'm sure that the, the list of fucking sexual assault allegations towards some of these yeah, guys yeah. is fucking horrific like but they were seen because I think that the excess thing was mm. accepted mm. in the 80s so there were like nearly people it was something that people aspire to be where it's like mm. oh you can get all this money and you can have all the women and the, the fast, fast cars, cars yeah. cocaine and alcohol yeah and um, I was seeing as something that was good and cool and all the rest yeah. nowadays that would be very much mm. frowned upon like. whereas Guns N' Roses even though they were excessive with their drinking and drugs you know it was they seemed to be that they were real that it was yeah, like they these were a bit scuzzy. yeah, yeah mm. um that they were trouble <laughs> uh, with a capital T real big yeah trouble. and but people just like Paradise City for some reason fucking mm. just was it was like every fucking second day to the point where you were sick of it oh yeah yeah um and then it was the same with um a sweet child of mine oh god yeah yeah that was just fucking every for I know years rain. I know they were yeah. getting up into the 90s now yeah. Jesus Christ but it was just like oh my god so, mm. and like you listen to the rest of that album um, there is like fucking amazing so that still hold up so well mm. today but like those ones that were the hits I suppose or the, the, I think that was a, the very clear delineation with those whereas like with some of those other bands I was looking at an interview with George Lynch from I think it's George Lynch he's named the guitarist from Doak and, mm. and he was saying we're not necessarily proud of a lot of those songs that we did but it's like when you find yourself at the point where you're making music that you're told to make rather mm. than the music you want yeah. To, want make, to make, yeah, you're not having a good time with it. So they mm. were told you're writing this ballad and you're doing this and you're doing that. You know, they all sounded the same. A lot of that hair metal stuff as mm. well. Um, would it's probably why it didn't take off too much over in Ireland, yeah. where people were just a little bit kind of. Uh, well, right. that's I suppose as well. A lot of the appeal of glam metal for I don't know people would probably be like sort of the outrageous outfits, the outrageous hair, the outrageous mm. stage antics, and all the rest. Whereas in Ireland, it was just kind of like yeah, so what like yeah. Well, you, you see know? the thing as well. I think it was because we didn't have MTV here mm. at that stage it's what it was like um, but it was uh, still like I mean you're talking about Guns and Roses and stuff like that I went to an all girls school and mm. the amount of girls that were like oh my god he's so dreamy and it's like he's some fucking lunatic parading around in white cycling shorts what yeah. the fuck but, like? but that was in the 90s I know, yeah. yeah but like god uh, you know but, but it was like with the hair metal thing just mm. with the uh, I was on that metal
environmental evolution there is this woman mm. that talks and I can't remember her name but she's like a professor um, I think in mm. uh, metallology yes <laughs> and uh, she was saying that it's like the whole reason with hair metal why it took off it wasn't because the musicianship was good it was because MTV they suited MTV mm. it was a visual yeah. thing people yeah. didn't really care as much about the music they mm. were just so if Fair MTV didn't exist yeah. they wouldn't have taken off and that was pretty much what happened over here they didn't like a lot of those bands didn't take off yeah maybe some of their songs like say even with like poison mm. if you ask a lot of people name a poison song in Ireland that ran up they'd fucking struggle maybe every rose has a torn and mm. that's probably because of Bill and Ted's bogus journey oh, yeah. um yeah. not so much poison because yeah. like Bill and Ted was massive in Ireland as well. I know, I don't yeah. know um but um it's you know it's like like warrant um or you know they, they just didn't wasp any of those kind yeah, of well, things wasp, but, yeah. there was well there was there was a group of lads that I used to hang around with when I got older that were about a couple of years older than us and they were all into wasp mm. from when they were younger because like I think people kind of found it was like because it was like we are sexual perverts and like you know oh, dirty. fuck like an animal <laughs> you know it was it was that thing that just like appeals to teenagers or it's like boys, oh it's yeah. rude oh, yeah. he said Willie. <laughs> um, but um, where were we going with this yeah well it was just the whole glam look I suppose it suited MTV but not so much Ireland didn't have that yeah. kind of thing you know but oh yeah with Guns N' Roses but mm. for some reason Guns N' Roses I think that was the thing with Guns N' Roses as well that people were like the danger aspect to it and the criminality of it because like there was always stories about oh Axel Rose punched a guy in a wheelchair you know and yeah. all these kind of fucking things whereas like Ireland has this weird fucking well I don't think it's a weird thing a lot of countries have it I think it's just a human condition where they um uh, anti-authoritarian yeah deify yeah. fucking um criminals mm. uh, with it so they uh, like you know these names so when you hear about like the likes of Gunter and Slash people love Slash that's I know yeah that was just because he just fucking everyone was like oh he's so cool and he's so aloof and all the rest mm. was like yeah he's fucking he can't talk because he's fucking yeah. Time, yeah that's um, why but I think with Guns N' Roses when people got into Guns N' Roses that was definitely a big gateway mm. for people into heavier yeah. music in mm. Ireland like, it definitely like for people that wouldn't have been aware of some of the heavier well, again bands. as well like I mean I'll point out I've got like I know loads of friends loads of family relatives and all the rest where they're like mad Guns and Roses fans absolutely fucking love them and then that's it they don't you know mm. they're not metal fans or they're not hard rock fans they're just the, like you know Guns and uh, Roses plus whatever shit is in the mm, charts kind of but that's thing. what I think a lot of people are like that you know mm. where it is just kind of it's um it's not necessarily what's popular, but like, you know, people identify with certain things mm. that um, they, they, they like with music and it, it doesn't necessarily, you know, have to be easy. Whereas like, then you get like to a teenager and you want to kind of like identify yeah, with a scene. Like, you know, tribe kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like, I mean, I think before, like punk was very big in Ireland in the 80s. Yeah. Um, like yeah, very, very again, big. yeah, I was going to say, sure. I fucking, I lived in the middle of nowhere, and I can remember mm. in my like local village and stuff like that. When I was coming out of school, there'd be a couple of like girls that'd have like mohawks and stuff, mm. and you're kind of, you know, I kind of took that for granted. But then, when you're kind of looking, you know, looking back on a culture, you know, all the rest, a lot of that would have been confined to the bigger cities, but not so in Ireland. It was like, yeah, yeah. Out in the middle of the country, I've got a mohawk yeah. and my fucking safety pins and stuff. And um, punk goth music. 
uh, they were and like I mean you're not like Susie and the Banshees and mm. the Cure and all that but like I mean I knew people that were like you're talking about weird fucking goth music mm. like you know not like bands that were like popular popular bands mm. like I wouldn't know but like I mean I remember like a few people that I knew when like man, I'm talking about like under 10 that were like big into the Sisters and Mercy yeah you know or you're just it, it's I don't know if you get that in other places or if you get that with people like it was the bleakness of Ireland yeah. or something but, but like, like Norway where it's yeah. like you're just predisposed to be melancholy mm. and a bit sort of like you know on the on the fringes mm. or whatever but like that with the Irish kind of thing with music as well like people seem to be you could be into dance music and into metal yeah. now, it's, now if you dressed as a metaler mm. and people dress it you'd end up having fights or you get attacked fucking mm. into the 90s and definitely in the 80s because I remember hearing about it was like the mods yeah or the silkies as well the yeah. Tracks, it's, yeah but like dance. in the 80s it would have been like the, the mods and the punks yeah would have been fucking hammering the shit out of each other um, over things but like punk was really bad not like fucking it was like not like the sex pistols punk mm. Fugazi was really big when they were around I think that might have been into the 90s so but like it was all these kind of oi oi bands yeah. I remember hearing thing, that they were just nearly if you taught a kind of what does skinhead racist <laughs> punk music sound like that's it but they wouldn't have been like racist kind of at least I don't think they were yeah, like I don't know yeah. yeah um and hardcore stuff well, that's what I was well, going to say right. you have your crossover and your hardcore and all the rest and that mm. seemed to be fairly big as well yeah but that, yeah, that's when you were talking about, like, it's weird when you do the words, like, metal was nearly mainstream to mm. a certain point, And then you had all these kind of, like, underground kind of things that weren't so much underground, but they were all over the fucking place as well. Mm. Um, and then when techno music came along, oh, God. fucking yeah. kind of where, where techno, I'm from techno, techno, was, like, techno. seen as techno fucking city. People just love techno. That's all that people listened to. Mm. But it was the same time. A lot of lads that I knew that were big into metal loved techno music. They mm. loved going to fucking dance clubs or going to raves. Um as much as they did going to I think a lot of those lads they ended up you know it was just yeah. a weird weird mix very weird um, crossover yeah with it but yeah hmm. I think that was like the 80s the kind of yeah like, it was a bit of I suppose like I mean it's normal to us because we grew up through it and that's mm. what you experience and all those but looking back at it now you're kind of like that was a bit weird yeah it's just I thought it would be an interesting mm. podcast to do kind of for it, a different kind of take on it because mm. a lot of the times it's either British it or American rather yeah. than Irish. Yeah, and Irish would be, I suppose, at, at that stage, probably would have been nearly a third world country. Yeah. You know, so sort of you'd have the same, I suppose, if you want to like into like, I don't know, Brazil or somewhere like that, mm. where people are like mad heavy metal fans, mm. but they don't have access to. They didn't have access. That's when you used to yeah. hear about like bands when they would play in Ireland, they'd be like, it'd be like fucking they'd be going oh my god the Irish fans are go nuts for it yeah, yeah exactly same as Brazilians mm. or whatever like I think well. that's why Metallica used to like me and Hetfield used to go hunting in mm. Ireland they come because as well at the time like because of Ireland being an island mm. um, and like England being the, the closest thing unless a band was playing in England then logistically they'd have to kind of go well fucking where do we you know you can't that's get it. out on a day and the flights weren't as frequent and no and it would was have been very super expensive, expensive yeah. travel trying to ship all your like your gear and mm. all the rest if you're anyway of a big band or even a small band yeah uh, now Sepulchre played mm. in um, 
Dublin, I mm. think. And there was, I remember someone talking about it and they were saying that it was because they were like, how did these Brazilian fellas with no money just end Maybe up here? And they up. ended up like sleeping in one of the fans' houses or something mm. like that, you know, and they were meant to be lovely and they were like really, really nice, but they didn't have much English, you know, and stuff. But, you know, the, the, I think they were like an exception. Mm. That's to, so even to the state, or I mean, like the metal scene in Ireland is like, you could be sitting waiting forever and like turning into like that lad out of fucking Indiana Jones and Rage or the fucking the grey like you know that whole thing right? oh I like thought you were going to be on about that mutt uh, Indiana Jones oh, right. son no. out of the, your favourite film the Christmas God, Christmas yeah. skull <laughs> the Christmas skull or whatever yeah. the fuck it is but no it's like you could be sitting here like turn ancient into your 90s waiting for a band to show up in Ireland mm. you're just going to have to go to Europe or to England or yeah. something like that to see it because they just don't swing around by here because of the logistics and the yeah, past yeah and now since COVID it's yeah it's even worse like, yeah, yeah. And cost of touring mm. in general is just but Taylor right. Swift is playing here so that's Yay. good yeah. let's go see her mm. that'll mm. be the next podcast that we do mm. about Taylor Swift I doubt but, it but yeah that was yeah. The, the 80s I hope you enjoyed uh, mm. head over and follow her um there's a very uh, sparse Instagram at the moment, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and stuff if you want like updates on bits mm. and pieces and as well our channel over on YouTube the Retro mm. Rejects where we stream occasionally and mm-hmm. have videos hopefully we'll have them up at this stage um, but yeah mm. thank you for listening if you got this far rock on we will talk to you <laughs> I wanna <laughs> suck <laughs>